ask anything. Kindle around, nursing keens, showing heart's admiration. So dear audience, I welcome you all in the fourth episode of Let's Heal Hearts. And today we have Loretta Billups as our amazing guest. Hi Loretta, I welcome you in this episode. And uh, I'd request you to share about yourself in your own words. Absolutely. Um, hello, everyone. Um, as mentioned, my name is Dr. Loretta Billings. I'm a psychologist here in California, and I'm also a relationship coach. <laughs> so you are a relationship coach, and uh, you are also working for so many mental health issues for the people, apart from relationship issues. Just now I found that you have uh, raised a charity uh, with your 40 mile walk challenge for American Heart Association. So you are involved yeah. in such sort of things as well. Yeah, I, I try to get involved in community events. Um, mostly like to meet people and to have conversations about, you know, whatever is going on in, in their world. And um, I just I'm just a people person. So mental health um, and, and talking to people and doing assessments, those things come naturally to me. Um, I just enjoy interacting with people. So I try to do things within the community to meet others and support them the best way I, that I can. <laughs> Brilliant. But how did you think that you should come into this field and uh, work for the mental health people? Well, I actually um, entered the field of mental health kind of... Uh, well, let me backtrack. So I was a deputy sheriff. So I was a, a cop for 12 years. Oh. And it was in that field that I started to learn more about mental health. Because as we had, you know, inmates in the jail, I would notice that maybe they're talking to themselves or they're just right. the behaviors are very odd. And I became very intrigued by you know, trying to understand the brain and why the brain wasn't functionally functioning normally. Um, and so at that point, I made a decision to return to school um, in, in the role of psychology. So I went back and got my master's in forensic psychology. And then that still wasn't enough. I still wanted to learn more. And so I eventually resigned um, from the sheriff's department and went back to school again and got my doctorate in clinical psychology because I wow. just find uh, mental health um, absolutely fascinating. Brilliant. So that's a great story that how from a cop you turned to be a psychologist. Yes, thank you. But uh, watching the prisoners and uh, intrigued by their psychology, the way they used to talk about themselves, so don't you think that this criminal psychology is really very, very uh, like interesting subject, I should say, but people are really not willing to talk about it. People are not willing to get into it because they think that there is a lot of trouble in that. Yeah. At least in our country, people don't even talk about it ever, that prisoners might also have some sort of emotions because of this, they get into such sort of thing. Exactly. And that's, and that's the truth. I think here in the States, they're trying to do a better job of understanding criminality and, um, you know, why people do the things that they do. But okay. the root causes, you know, I would say probably most criminals that, you know, there was probably some sort of abuse, maybe some neglect, 
you know, some sort of childhood trauma or something in their adolescence, you know, maybe there was uh, concerns or some sort of breakage with their caregiver. Um, something may have happened along the way. And because of that, um, you know, they end up in a life of crime for whatever reason, you know? Um, so like I said, I think that here in the States, we're doing a better job of understanding criminality. Um, I currently now have returned to working in the jail as a psychologist. So I have the opportunity wow. to talk to the inmates and, you know, provide therapy and do assessments and, you know, help them throughout this this journey because being in jail in prison it it is a journey okay so if you're talking about these things actually i moved back to a movie that i have watched in hindi it uh, said uh -huh. the same thing there was a psychologist and who claimed that these prisoners can be reformed into human like they have been criminalized because of some sort of circumstances that, but they can be called back into normalcy and for mm -hmm. that, he has really fought a lot with the people, with the kind of government and everything with attached with that. And at the end, she was successful. But do you right. also believe in that? Do you think that the kind of terrorist-minded people, criminal-minded people can be converted into real humans? I think that it's a case-by-case -case scenario. I think that um, there are people absolutely that can be reformed and can be helped. Um, and if they're willing to do the work, if they're willing to go to therapy and, you know, maybe anger management classes and whatever other classes that uh, would be deemed fit for them, maybe substance abuse, and they're actually learning and growing and willing, then yeah, absolutely. But then I also think that there are individuals who, um, who can't be helped because they don't want the help. And um, they've lived a life of crime for so long that um, this is, has become normal to them um, and they they just don't want to change. So I think the, at the core, you, you, want, you have to want to change in order to change and to be better. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, one more thing is here, when there is a saying that uh, you are not a criminal unless you are caught. Okay. <laughs> so once you are caught, then only you can be considered as criminal. So there are yeah. many criminals, those who are not caught yet, yes. moving freely. Actually, in India, yes. there are so many, if you are aware of, in every field, yeah. so much of corruption we talk about, so many kind of people we talk about who are so inhuman. But just because yes. they are not caught, they are not considered as criminals. And right. they never consider themselves as criminals. It is said that none of the kind of... Uh, person who has done something wrong considers that he has done something wrong because what right. we do we consider is the only right thing right what, what do you tell to those kind of people or do we really do anything for them can you know they that's be a good question. as well because they're not yeah, ready that, to accept that i'm wrong yeah exactly and and those are that's a special group um and, and and maybe in that group, you know, you have people that are somewhat delusional because they don't believe that they, you know, um, they're criminals or whatever, or they could just be very manipulative and charming. You know, that's a whole different type of diagnosis. But, you know, when you do any act that A, breaks the law 
or, you know, violate someone in any sort of way, then absolutely by standards, you, you are criminal. Um, and only time, you know, will tell in terms of when you get caught. Cause I think it is just a matter of time. You know, a lot of, um, I think in, in terms of being criminal, there has to be some sort of arrogance that comes with that. So they believe right. like, I'm never going to get caught. Right. Um, but in time, I think that the universe responds and eventually, you know, you'll end up serving time or something will happen in order for you to pay your debt. Actually, the question what I raised is still I can think that it's a kind of a life and death question, which can keep mm -hmm. on moving till I don't know for how long it has been moving in all the cultures, in all the religions where people are fighting for this thing for so long that we can yes. get an end of inhumanity or not. Can everyone be made human or not? Like we talk about two characters in Hindu mythology, Ram and Ravan. So Ram mm -hmm. is our divine side and Ravan is our devil side. So can uh -huh. Ram always overpower Ravan? Because sometimes yeah. it is found that Ravan is so strong. The devil is so yeah. strong that yeah. he gets to lead and for a long time. But yes, yeah. as, as it said that at the end, truth wins. At the end, light comes and darkness fades. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I 100% agree with you. You know, if you just hang on a little longer, uh, the light will come. Um, and I just believe wholeheartedly that that good always prevails. Right. Mm -hmm. Good always prevails. Mm -hmm. So being a relationship coach and consultant, what do you think is the biggest reason people are not able to stay in relationship for longer? Oh, wow. That's a good question. There's 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 probably at least maybe five to 10 top reasons why people don't stay in relationships. Um, I would say trust is a big one, you know, lack of trust. Infidelity is another one. Finances um, is one, um, you know, being with the partner, maybe you guys have grown apart, um, you know, just don't have things in common anymore. Constant arguing or bickering um, is an issue. Um I, for the most part, I think that's at least a top five as to why people don't stay together. And then uh, substance abuse is another one. And then just like I said, sometimes people have agreements in relationships in terms of this is what they're looking for in a partner. And then that partner begins to change. And so, you know, you realize, hey, this is not who I married. And now you're no longer interested. So. Like I said, at least those are the top five reasons that I've come across why marriages or relationships dissolve. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there are so many issues that you said because of which people actually break the relationship and uh, don't try to stay along with each other. Uh, when right. we talk about trust, once the trust is broken, then people get separated. But in India, if we talk about, again, divorce has really increased. As I've seen yes. on your post that divorce rate has decreased still marriages are ending but in our case it is that divorce rate has increased still there are many marriages where women or even I don't say only women men also sometimes have to like uh, sacrifice all their needs think about only the family and uh, right. so I, I don't only talk about women yes there are more women who are in trouble there are more women who 
are not able to do anything for their situation because most cases they are uneducated or, or uh, they are left just because of infidelity or uh, they have to do all the household chores and uh, right. in that case uh, Right, the kind of in-laws and all are not supportive. So I'm talking about low lower class family in India where this kind of situation is there. But when we come to the educated family where both men and women are educated and then staying together, there are also mm -hmm. trust issues if we talk about still people have to stay together just because they don't want this trouble to come. They don't want the family to suffer and also they don't want the children to suffer. So right. that's why I said there are cultural differences in your country and our country. In our country, still it is a problem for a single parent to survive with the two kids. Though there are yeah. various examples where uh, single parents have proved as uh, they, they can really do far better even staying alone. But being a psychologist, yes. I guess you know it very well. A child <laughs> needs both the parent. A child yeah. needs both the figures, mother, motherly and fatherly figures. So what do you think is the strongest adhesive which can let the parents stay together so that the child should not suffer? Well, I think some so so in terms of staying together so that the children don't suffer, I don't always necessarily agree with that because okay. I have been, I've seen relationships where the parents are together and it's causing more harm right then good you know especially if the child is witnessing abuse you mm -hmm. know whether it's physical or emotional abuse if they're witnessing that that's not good for their mental health right that's not good for for their self esteem and then we're teaching the child that um that this is okay that we're normalizing right. abuse so not in all situations should should parents stay together um like i said if the if the child is being affected um and then but the, there's things that we can still overcome, you know what I mean? In terms of like trust and infidelity and things like that. If if you have these things going on in your marriage, that doesn't mean that the relationship is over. That just means we have to work a lot harder. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and if we, you know, really want our children to see that, Hey, mom and dad had obstacles, but we worked it out then yeah, there's no better way. But in some situations it's probably best that parents do separate, um, because again, what you're presenting to your children and then work together and be the best co-parents there is, you know what I mean? Like, okay, we live at separate addresses. However, you know, you visit dad, you know, on this day or mom on this day, we can maybe still go to dinner once a week, whatever. Of course, you make sure you tell that child, regardless if mom and dad aren't together, we still love you. You're still okay. priority in our lives, you know, and, um, you know, we're still going to work together as a unit. It's just that right now, mom and dad can't be together. But, and of course, always let them know that this has nothing to do with you. This is not your fault. And, you know, like I said, and they just instill in them that you love them and you're going to do the best you can to work together to raise them. Right. Okay. <laughs> brilliant point you have raised over here that yes it's not necessary that they should stay together they can still go for co-parenting that is okay but uh, it's not that the parents need to stay together that's one right. of the points that actually I wanted to raise because in our country still it's a taboo divorce is a taboo and uh, yeah I, I should 
share one story recently i read and i was horrified after reading that story one lady uh-huh. whose husband had died not even divorced her husband had mm-hmm. died and uh, uh when she came for some work to her in-laws place after two years because she had already remarried after the death of her husband and came mm-hmm. back to her in-laws for some work the in-laws uh, made her bald and then just have beaten her a lot they all oh. the whole of the family so that was a kind of horrible thing which i read and still such sort of things are there people consider that uh, either your husband dies or even you are divorced whatever is the reason you should stay alone but you should not marry so that's again oh, different wow. thing and actually it is very different from what we are talking about it's about relationship and in that, that relationship uh, we say that both of us have to contribute that means both male and female have to contribute and in that sometimes we see uh, i should again quote one uh, short movie that i watched yesterday last night uh-huh. so in that uh, gaslighting is a term in psychology we talk about where we always try to show the other person that you are the culprit and because of you this is happening i am all right uh-huh. i am doing all well but just because of we are, you i am losing my temper just because of you i am hurting you so mm-hmm. this was a short 5 minutes movie but it taught a lot and uh, yeah. at the end the lady realizes that how long i have to bear how long i have to listen to this thing that uh, i should i am not the one who makes you a kind of beast so yes what uh, what is that that makes a person to live in that situation where that gaslighting is going on or that narcissist person is there who thinks that i am only the one who is the right so what do you yeah. tell to those kind of people if they are living with narcissist and are gaslighted all the time that's also a really good question yeah so a lot of times you know we come across people with narcissistic traits and they're really really good at deflecting and making it seem like you're the problem and not them right. no matter what the situation is is always you and never them and i say to individuals who um are in relationship with narcissists you're going to have to make a decision because narcissists are really tough people to get along with and and to have long lasting relationships right. so you need to be very firm in what you say and i say you know if they say something don't be afraid to call them and point out the reasons why they're incorrect now hmm. they don't like that but <laughs> you still need to let them know like listen you're not going to gaslight me you're not going to shame me you're not going to embarrass me you know right. and just stand firm in what you're saying and be very assertive um at at the end of the day narcissists are very very sensitive and um they, they'll get it they'll get it but you need to stand firm and always be able to show them that listen i'm not going to back down because you feel x y and z i i need to be heard i need to be validated just like you you want to be and and have no problems expressing yourself <laughs> uh one very interesting question in that actually there we say uh, people get bored easily as we are talking about you can stay with anyone but sometimes you start getting bored with some person and people start getting extra marital affairs for the same reason so what mm-hmm. do you think that can act like and spark for them forever so that they won't uh, opt for going out and choosing someone else than their own partner partner yeah i um 
so I, I always, in my head, I think like the same way you were able to get your partner, those are the things you need to do throughout your marriage or throughout your relationship. You know, that first six months or two years that you're dating and, you know, maybe you're, you're sending flowers or you, you know, have those romantic dates or, you know, you're spending holidays together or whatever it is that you were doing in the beginning of the relationship. You need to continue to do that throughout the relationship, not just the first year. And then we get married and then, okay, you know, everything stops. The same way you got my interest is the same way you need to keep my interest and then build upon that. You know what I mean? Maybe we have children now. Okay, so let's incorporate the children or let's make sure that we have significant time set aside just for ourselves um, so that we could, you know, spend time with each other and learn each other. Because as we mature, we tend to change. I might like something different now. So learn, you know, spend that time with me and and try to learn the new things that I like. And then I can do the same for you. Wow. <laughs> so brilliantly you have stated in simple words that it is so easy to get the spark forever. <laughs> and yes, for sure, the person will not be willing to go anywhere else to peep around, yeah. to check around, and he will stay happy in, at his own home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, I would imagine you married this person for a reason because you guys have things in common. You know, you, you said yes because you envisioned you spending the rest of your life with each other. So let's let's work together. It's a partnership. And, you know, like I said, let's accommodate each other and, and learn to really value and respect each other in our relationship and, and see where this goes. <laughs> okay uh when we talk about relationship there is one more problem that comes basically in indian couples so i'm talking uh -oh. about indian couples i don't know about uh, any in us or in uh, uh, los angeles what happened <laughs> but yeah. here people are still racist you know we here we are still promoting fairness creams Still, we mm. are willing to have long hair, big-eyed yeah. and yeah. tall women. And that is a kind of symbol of beauty. So mm -hmm. I remember a girl who was a sensation on Twitter who started for 10,000 black uh, women protagonists something. So oh. she started with that and then a sensation came because she raised a question on Twitter that why people don't love to have a black person as the main lead and why don't right. we have fairies black so that was a brilliant question posed by that little 10 year go year go old girl and uh, because of that there were many people who came up with novels stories in which they started writing stories with the black protagonist mm. so that was a kind of sensation and right now in our country still it is that women want the man should be fair and somehow if they get black that they're not so happy they still want to have someone fairer same way oh. when a fair husband doesn't get a fair wife that means he's never happy in his life so oh but what i want to prove and what i want to show that we have been taught since we were born that as a if you do this you will get black so when you are pregnant have a coconut so that you will have a white baby <laughs> a lot of uh, uh, this kesher, uh, what we call saffron, saffron with milk, uh -huh. so that you will have uh -huh. white baby. So they are so fascinated about having white baby that 
they tried to give everything to the pregnant lady said so that they can get a white baby then later oh. on again uh, getting turmeric and all the other things so that your skin tone will be fairer so many things people do and then fairness fairness cream acts and all so i would like to you to pose an example and i should be very very honest over here i'm so impressed with you i am i love interacting with you and i want to show to the whole world that color doesn't matter look at all right. the intelligent people out there look at the people yeah. like opera winfrey did yes. they take their color on stage did they take their color to their intelligence and that's a kind of perfect example for the people to pose so yeah. i would really thank you for that and i would like you to tell your experience or your learnings based on that how people can accept that th- there is no feature there is no behavior which lies within this color this height yeah. this weight or yes whatever yes. my scout is Yeah. Well, just as you know in your country, you know, you guys experience racism, we experience it here too. You know, as you can see on the monitor that I'm a black woman, right? And I I guess I have in in so many words, I guess, you know, some people say, "Oh my god, you have two things that aren't going good for you. Number one, I'm black and number one, I'm a number two, I'm a woman." So, I'm a minority in in, in that sense, right? And so the thing is, I think here we still definitely have a lot of racism and you know people tend to be um misogynistic and things of that nature um and i don't know that we'll ever get to the point where people don't see color where people don't see that or look at you as a minority because you're from another country or because i'm a woman i don't know if we'll ever get to that point i think we've made clearly strides in terms of getting better and doing better but i think we still have a long way to to run to go but i um as a society as a minority i think that we need to just continue to put our best foot forward you know continue to educate ourselves educate our children um and then still in them in our children especially because they're the future that you could do and be anything you want to be regardless of your complexion right you always strive for the best um you know don't second guess yourself because someone of a fair skin or something of that nature um you know is running against you like let's just say like in class or whatever have you that you always strive for your best and you could be and do anything you want to be so yeah so that is again i i can understand this because uh, once i got obese not obese but yes i was on the verge of obesity and uh, i felt for a, some time that maybe i've lost my charm because as a young lady i was so good looking uh, such a kind of a tender girl slim girl and suddenly i got fat i gained 20 kgs of weight so maybe that might be one reason that my husband stopped loving me and uh, for that reason i joined uh, jumba class as well and there i reduced my weight to 20 kg again uh uh-huh. but that didn't bring my husband back that didn't bring his love back so yeah. that, with that again i want to prove that we believe 
that our physical nature physical behavior is the one who is responsible for something for love or losing love but that's not so it lies right. in the individual that's not physical exactly. behavior which causes exactly. any sort of pain or which makes you gain something right absolutely yeah it's 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 at the end of the day it's his loss right, right. because he's missing out in absolutely beautiful woman who clearly has a heart of gold and is trying to do something better not for only herself her community and her children so you know that's an insecurity that he may have and oftentimes you know we find ourselves in relationships with individuals who who are insecure and um you know they're they're trying to fill voids in their life by doing extracurricular activities in the marriage but again at the end of the day it's their loss right is their mm-hmm. loss so mm-hmm. i'll shift the question from couples to teenagers where the teenagers fall in love because there are a few students of mine i am a teacher and uh, oh. there uh, my few students posed me question that ma'am uh, we feel infatuated for someone we feel attached to someone and uh, if uh we feel that is it natural or not for sure even i am into this field i have been counselor for long time and i tell them it's always right but you should not be blind in that again if some students they say that ma'am we feel lonely because everyone has got a kind of boyfriend girlfriend thing and i feel lonely in that because i have not made any and people really feel left out when they don't mm-hmm. make it and we know as teenagers what kind of relationship they are holding how they are moving for picnics or going for parties and even if if we talk about some sort of cultures in some sort of families they allow the teenagers to have drink as well so they have alcohol with their friends in that case what what do you tell to those kind of teen- i know that culture is different maybe i don't know how the teenagers behave there what kind of freedom they have got but in our culture that is not yet welcome we don't allow our kids to behave in that way but still some mm-hmm. of the families are there from elite class from upper class families who allow their kids to have such sort of parties to have alcohol freely and in that case uh, they behave in such order so a kind of people uh, are there who do such sort of things and a kind of students who are not able to be in that group and they feel secluded so mm-hmm. what do you think about this kind of situation where we have two categories of students two categories of children where one children feel like i'm left out and the other one is getting into substance abuse alcoholism or even many more things that we can't even think of while they are right. in such sort of parties yeah absolutely i um so as humans we always want some sort of connection right we're not meant to be alone we're meant to connect and socialize and especially with adolescents that tender teenage age they're also looking for connection and they want to feel like they're part of something right and so they're going to gravitate to the groups that they feel more connected to that can accept them that without judgment right because we're all we no one wants to be judged um but we're always looking for that connection and then they're also at a peculiar stage in their life where they're trying to figure themselves out too 
you know, like, well, what, what do I like? Who am I? You know what I mean? So they're, again, they're trying to find that connection and feel accepted and, you know, want to, to belong. So they're going to naturally find a group that accepts them regardless, you know, whether it's the group that does substance abuse or the group that we call like the one that are the nerds that are really smart or whatever have you, you just want to feel connected. Um, here in, in California, specifically in the United States, I would say that, you know, we have a major issue with substance abuse going on, um, especially for our adolescents. Um, it's really an epidemic. And um, I come across a lot of kids who, you know, unfortunately are, you know, trying all sorts of substances, you know, meth, heroin, fentanyl, whatever have you. And they, when you ask them, they say, I'm bored. I don't have anyone to talk to. I don't have this or I don't have that. And then what do they do? The people that they connect with are doing the same thing that they're doing. And again, that's them socializing as wrong as it may be, but they just want that connection. Right. Very true. Mm -hmm. So this is again, you have said it very clearly that those who are seeking connection, they are also because when we talk about the kind of class also, their parents are busy somewhere and they need mm -hmm. some sort of connection, that sort of uh, people around them. So right. those who are feeling left out, they should also know that they already have someone to, uh, to connect with. It's not necessary that they need to involve in the same sort of connection. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's not necessary. Even with them, you know, uh, we have also a gang issue out here and still same situation. You know, they want to be connected. Now they join a gang because, again, they are with people who they feel that they're, they're uh, like minded individuals, that they're going to be accepted. Now, the course of action or the roles that they're taking, of course, um, you know, are a lot of times criminal in, in nature. But at the end of the day, you feel that person is supporting you. You feel that you can rely on that person. You feel like you could trust that, trust that individual. And so, yeah, I'll join a gang because maybe it's better than what I'm getting at home from my own parents. You know, so again, it's just that human connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You said about substance abuse, like your kids are most of them addicted to substance abuse. Here also in our country, I just read on in the newspaper where 1.2 crores of our children are found to be addicted to substance abuse. So 1.2 mm -hmm. crore is not a less number. And that is also what is recorded. We don't know about the people who are really addicted, but that's not in the figures. Because it's a vast country and we don't know where the measurement has been done and whether it, it has reached every nook and corner or not. So mm -hmm. 1.2 crore children, if they are addicted to it, then what can be their lying danger in front of them? What all they can be into? They can get into some sort of criminal attitude, criminal behavior. They can be one of the terrorists. So anything can be there. So what do you mm -hmm. people do to help these kind of people where we feel helpless at times? Like we don't even know where to go, what to do, how to help them. So in that case, is there anything that we can really do? Well, I think it starts off with being honest and open and transparent, you know, having those conversations that people really don't want to have. You know, if you notice that maybe, you know, maybe one of your students 
um, might be using or under the influence, you know, I would definitely pull them aside and have a conversation and try to talk to them and let them know that, hey, I'm here to support you. If you need me, you can talk to me. Um, because oftentimes they just need someone to talk to. And they may not, like I said, have that support at home. Um, and, and, you know, drugs are, well, some drugs are suppressants. So, you know, maybe whatever ex trauma that I've experienced and maybe abuse that I've experienced, maybe this is my way of not thinking about it or dealing with it because it's too painful. So I, I turn to the drugs. But I think we need to have more conversations and be open with people and destigmatize, um, you know, substances. Um, and maybe that will help to deter people from, you know, ingesting these things. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like when we talk about relationships again, we are very careful about choosing our uh, like partner. We, we try to see so many things. We inspect about so many things and then we get into that sort of uh, relationship. In the same manner, don't you think that making a friend is really very important for teenagers? What kind of people they are with, that makes a lot of difference. So what do you suggest to these kind of young people, how to make a friend and what kind of friends they can have so that they can have a kind of better understanding and better life? Yeah. Um. Well, like I said, you want definitely someone who's, who's like-minded, you know, someone who shares your interests, healthy interests, right? Like Not like substances and things like that, but healthy things, things that we could find in common and that we both enjoy. Um, and the other thing I always say, if you're the smartest one in your group, you're in the wrong group. You shouldn't be the smartest one in your group because I think that we need to be in groups where we can learn from people, where we can grow, right? Um, so, so definitely you want to make sure that you're reaching out to people who are doing things, who are going places, who, who, you know, who loves education or whatever the situation may be, but they, they are people who are very passionate about certain things. And in this way, you can learn and grow from them as well. And what if you get into argument with your friend, like you have made a very good friend with someone and suddenly you get into argument, that argument sometimes become nasty. And I have seen many friends not talking for years after this. Mm -hmm. So right. what do you tell to those friends that so that they should not lose each other and stay in connect? Yeah. Even after well, the remember, yeah. Well, remember the reasons. Think about the reasons or recall the reasons that got you guys together in the first place. What 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 is it that got us connected in the first place? And then how good we feel when we're together, we're having a good time, like those feelings, you know, when maybe when we're laughing at silly jokes and whatever. I mean, of course, we're gonna have disagreements because we're human, right? Um, and so it's important to realize how maybe this friendship is important to you and let that person know that like you know right now if maybe we're not getting along in this moment I will give you some space you know because you want to give them that much respect I'm going to allow you some space and you know hopefully we could um, mend our relationship because you mean this to me you know I really love spending time with you um, just be open and honest with them and if the relationship is meant to be there's nothing that could keep you guys apart. <laughs> Again, brilliant way in which uh, people can patch up their relation and stay stronger for a long time. Because we yeah. know that friends are the one who can save your life, who can take your life. In my case, Absolutely. when I lost my daughter, 
I really felt that the friends could have saved her. But yes, yeah. I I don't blame them. I don't blame anyone. I just say that they should have been educated. They should have learned. There should be some system which can teach them that this is mm-hmm. how you need to talk about the things. This is how you need to report if someone shows any sort of concern or self harm things. Right. A lot of times, our friends, you know, know us better than anybody else and um, recognize probably almost instantly um, that hey, something is going on. Um, so yeah, it, it would be nice if a friend could, you know, definitely ask uh, what's going on and then don't feel bad about reporting any concerns that you've noticed in your friends because you can't, you could save a life. So again, Loretta, when we say that uh, we have been in a good relationship for a long time and still sometimes people find that uh, they are not able to do good in that or not able to get good in that. In that situation, how what, what suggestion will you give to those kind of people, whoever are uh, fighting to maintain their relationship, but they are not able to do that? Well, if you notice that you're in your relationship and there's like constant bickering and arguing in a relationship, um, definitely you want to sit down with your partner as long as there's no you know, abuse going on, sit down with your partner and try to have a mature conversation about what's truly troubling them. Sometimes when we get into arguments, it's, it's not, you know, you say things out of hurt and anger, and that's not really what's bothering me. You know, you want to get to the root cause. Like, you know, I noticed honey that, you know, you're upset over the dishes, but is that really what's bothering? Like, let's really talk about this, you know? And, and again, it's still when that person that you're there for them and that want to work through this relationship, you know, again, there are going to be arguments. No relationship is without an argument or disagreement because we're not perfect. Um, But if you truly love the person and you really want it to work out, then you're going to do whatever it takes in order for this relationship to work out. And that includes communicating with that person about your needs. It is such wonderful to understand so many things from you, to get so many insights from you. And the way you have elaborated your experience, the way you have shown your kind of thorough knowledge about relationship and how to maintain it, it was really awesome. So at the end, I would just request you to share any three things that you would like to tell our listeners who are uh, willing to work on their relationship, who are willing to give their best in their relationship, what three things they should remember to have strong relationship? Absolutely. Um, the first thing is communication. Definitely want to communicate uh, with your partner and hopefully you have a partner that's really good at communicating their needs as well. You want to listen um, to each other and and not just, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. No, you really want to listen to your partner and hear their needs. And then you want to... Um, be compassionate, be kind, show empathy. You know, those are three things that I think will stand out in relationships and help relationships to go the long haul. Being empathic is actually a wonderful thing that everyone should understand. Because unless exactly. and until you don't try to be the uh, be at the side of other partner, you won't understand what kind of pain or what kind of trouble the other person is facing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. 
thank you so much thank you so much loretta i'm grateful to you for giving your so much of time and i am amazed by the way you have come back from a, being a cop getting to understand the problems of the prisoners into the field of psychology and uh, doing doctorate in that that's a kind of wonderful journey and uh, i guess that's an inspiration for many people around there thank oh, you thank so you much. very much and thank you for having me Thank you.